0: Welcome to the Mortgage Strategy COVID-19 Support Strategy podcast. We'll be talking about technology again, and I'm pleased to say that I'm joined by Nicola Firth, Chief Executive of Knowledge Bank, Dale Jannels, Managing Director of OMS, Rowan Clayton, Head of Product at DPR, and Phil Bailey, Sales Director at 27 Tech. We'll be talking about the role of technology in what has quickly become a whole new mortgage world. Nicola, I'll start with you. Now we all have some hindsight. How ready for this situation was fintech? Is there anything you've learned from having to oversee the deployment of systems so rapidly?
1: So that's an interesting one, Gary. I think I do think that, that we were quite ready. I, uh, certainly, um, you know, looking across the industry, the systems, uh, just that you know, the the, the guys on this podcast, um, their retrospective systems, so you know, they they were already out there working well, doing their job. Um, but I also think, as well, there's been some adaptations to that as well. Um, you know, we built um, a COVID criteria life feed uh, for people, and that was built and deployed within 24 hours. So that did take some uh, some doing, but we got it out there. That was in reaction to what had happened with the payment holidays. But I think, just more generally speaking, I do think the fintech was ready, and I think the industry has coped really, really well. If you look at the whole process end to end. You know, everything from CRM systems, um, you know, through to, to product sourcing, criteria search, affordability, and right through to the, um, you know, the applying for the mortgage and it coming back with what the guys at OMS and, and uh, with Mortgage Applier did. Yeah, I, I think that, that we were fairly ready. It's not, it's not caused major problems within the industry um, with people saying that, that technology wasn't there, it wasn't working, and it wasn't up to the job. So I, th- I think um, I think the industry can be quite proud of that, really.
2: Dale, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I agree with Nicola. I think a lot of the systems were already um, set in in their ways to help brokers continue to deal with their clients from home, and home working was relatively straightforward. Um, I think, um, as I've said on a few other occasions, I think business continuity plans weren't ready for the full impact of what COVID-19 has, has installed on us all. But actually coming out of it, you know, we're, we're, two, we're four or five weeks into this, but over the last couple of weeks, we've seen a lot more lenders come back to the marketplace that weren't lending a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think everyone is now used to dealing with clients on a Zoom call, on a video call and so on and so on. Um, and I think now is relatively, you know, we're, we're getting used to the new norm, whatever that might be. Uh, and I think, actually, we're finding it a lot easier than than maybe we thought it might have been sort of four or five weeks ago.
3: Um, Rowan, uh, what would you say? Uh, so, I, I guess I, I think I, I agree with obviously both of um, uh, uh, the previous comments. I think we, we, we're, as, a, as a group, uh, DPR were pretty well prepared. I think, you know, looking at eKeeper Borough, those those products are, are obviously largely cloud based already. So easy to scale up. DPR, we've invested a lot over the last couple of years in in, in kind of hosting kind of solutions r- around the cloud. So from a lender broker perspective, like it was um, yeah, we, we were largely there. Um, I guess ultimately it comes down to a single priority, right? So it comes down to that that need to support customers. I think when we work directly with the customers and understand their needs, it kind of means that we can always adapt the products to support. So, you know, every little kind of small change, free uh, freeware, all those little tweaks that we've done over the last couple of weeks. And like Nicola was saying, you know, turning something around in 24 hours has been pretty commonplace across across the marketplace. I think, you know, across most different industries, we, we've, we've probably been out there if not leading um, um, others that have been much slower to react. So yeah, I think it's it's been a massive positive.
0: Uh, thanks very much for that. And Phil, would you agree with these
4: comments? Uh, 100%, Gary. Um, things have changed really quickly and it's superb to see kind of how the industry's all pulled together. I, one comment I think that probably um, most people, most fintechs will agree with is how agile and nimble people have been to change to the current situation. I We've never had anything like this before and it's amazing as an industry as a whole, with all the chains and everyone's kind of joined together, everyone's been really quick to react, everyone's been really proactive, everyone's done what's needed to be done for the better of the industry and the better of their customers and it, it's fantastic to see this.
0: Okay, that's great. Um, I'll move on to my second question and I'll start with Rowan when I ask, um, what do you think mortgage technology will be doing in 12 months? Based on what we've seen happen in the current environment,
3: Uh, I guess we we kind of mentioned elements of this on the. um, Yeah, I think we expect to see a a big uplift in the use of desktop and AVM solutions. Um, I think that'll be across mortgages uh, and equity release, the like. So I think lenders will look to embrace those uh, those technologies. I think, yeah, we'd expect to see some better integrations between systems. Um, You know, we we, lenders and brokers looking to adopt solutions that kind of blend I guess a a greater digital user experience and and, I guess more solutions that kind of improve their operational efficiencies. I think you know lenders especially would have seen this as a a time where with the change in dynamics the ways different ways of working there's probably some opportunities there to to try and drive out some operational efficiency. Um, I think Bizarrely, there will also be a kind of renewed energy in looking at finding more environmentally friendly approaches to, to end-to-end solutions as well. I think the regulator, whilst they've kind of paused on that, I think that they'll look to progress, I guess, in that 12-month period. Um, I think lenders and brokers alike will more likely to find, uh, I guess, different ways of in, uh, interacting with their customers. Um, um, I've seen something along the lines of one in nine customers has, has taken a payment holiday. So there's going to be some impact where brokers and both lenders alike need to work out how do they deal with those furloughed customers. And potentially, I think, you know, there's going to be some redundancies, I would guess, at some point. Um, um, So there'll be that kind of, uh, I guess, nuance of how lenders and brokers can support those customers. I think largely, I'd also expect our lenders to, to look to increase, I guess, an investment in I guess I I coined the phrase as in-flight account management. So how can they look to serve their customers better once they are already customers? So we'll, we'll look at you know, ways of automating. Um, right now, they do a lot of manual account reviews. So I think they'll look to use integrations um, more u- ut- utilized in originations um, to try and serve those customers going forward. So I think a lot of investment would, would be my kind of my kind of large summary, I think.
0: Great, thanks very much for that. And um, Dale, is there anything that you can add to that?
2: Yeah, I think I agree with, with most of what's been said. But I think also we've been forced into a lot of things that we weren't quite ready for. So um, the solicitor side of the market has been very, very slow with regards to catching up with technology. And over the last few weeks, it's most definitely been um, forced into trying to deal with. Um, you know, the completing deals that that would have been done from an office where they would have seen a client face to face to do ID. Um, we've had ID recommendation, ID um, biometrics, and things that are been brought into play by some of the lenders, and, and I think right now we're going to see a lot more of that happen. We know that seventy five percent of the market is broker orientated, but actually, um, this will dramatically decrease. I think over the coming sort of weeks and months because lenders will take in the high street especially will take in the remos and the pts directly um, and i can see other lenders doing that as well so i think our sector will become very very much more specialist than maybe it has been although some of us obviously have dealt with a specialist market for 20 plus years but i think now is the time that everybody's looking at their their whole business structure what can we do digi- digitally what can we make quicker um, and how can we make it more cost-effective? And I think that's going to be across the whole market right now. So I think things will most definitely change over the next 12 months, without a doubt.
0: And Phil, would you would you agree with that?
4: Yeah, I'm going to agree with Rowan and Dale here that the two key things I feel that I'm we're sort of seeing as we head over the next 12 months. One is, is system integrations. These have always been in the pipeline, and lots of us here have been working with these. I think these are going to ramp up quite a bit. There's a, an increased appetite to see this efficiency and this sort of agile side of connecting everything together. And this is across lenders and origination systems and CRMs, all the way down to the broker and the customer. There needs to be a more efficient way of engaging throughout the whole chain. And we've been doing that for many years. And I think things are going to escalate quickly over the the sort of bounce out of COVID-19. I think we're going to see an increased appetite of various lenders and solicitors and conveyances starting to embrace this digital element quicker um, I think the other part is going to be intermediaries. I think advice is going to be paramount, paramount over everything. It's always been there. I think there's going to be an increased need for advice in 12 months' time. I think we're going to look back at this and say the world flipped on its head and we needed someone to turn to. And I think as Dale has mentioned, you will remember the people that you went and spoke to. You will remember the broker that you went and spoke to who engaged with you. And I feel that technology is going to help that. So I think in 12 months' time, we're going to see a really big shift to, I think, a lot of advisors and a lot of firms, and a lot of businesses embracing digital because they need to stay efficient.
0: Thanks. And um, Nicola, um, Dale, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the things you touched on, which I I found quite interesting there, was talking about um, remortgages and product transfers, the high street being able to do more of those. So, um, Nicola, what's happening now? Do you think it's driving... uh, the advances in technology that would be required for high street lenders to do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, to be fair, that, they, they, you know, they have got the systems in place. It's just, I think what what dictates that largely is the convenience of the customer and how as an intermediary market, we can make that convenient. So as it stands at the moment, uh, a customer, if they have their an app for banking uh, with their high street bank. They can go on there and do a product transfer literally uh, with a thumbprint and a touch of a button, uh, whereas traditionally in the intermediary market, what's been needed is an appointment, with a with a broker, uh, bringing in documentation and and going through the whole process. So I think I think that's less about technology and more about process, perhaps um on the intermediary side because you know for intermediaries to be able to compete with that, we have to be able to um to, to make the process a little bit slicker, a little bit faster and more convenient, which is something that customers want, of course, all the time, convenience. That is uh, you know a top priority. So we do have to level that playing field definitely.
2: Part of that is down to um the ease that, that the client's gonna have with these apps, as Nicola said. And if the broker is not in touch with their client consistently throughout the term of that deal, even if it's a five-year deal, um, and you haven't spoken to them for months and months, you should be speaking to them every really sort of six months to make sure that you're in touch with that client, even on a long-term fixed rate, because if you're not doing it, you can guarantee that every 12 months, your lender will be contacting the client to give them a a mortgage um, statement of the last 12 months payments, and included in that will be something to do with life insurance and protection and other products they can sell and so on and so on so you might not be speaking to your client for a long time but your lenders the lender you've put them with certainly will be so if you're not in touch with them you could be outside and out of mind
0: great thanks um dale i'm going to stay on you first for the next question um which is simply uh do you think that this move to online systems presents different challenges for different generations
2: yeah i think that's a really really good question obviously i've got a very big very big experience in that the uh the old man is one of these who is uh, not so technology apt as, as maybe some of the others are in the marketplace. So, I think again, it's down to um, dealing with or who you're dealing with. So, you've got the, the younger generation who will live, eat, and sleep technology, and technology moves and everything else will be no of, of you know very, very much interest to them. Whereas the more mature generation at the moment have their ways that they do things and it takes a little bit longer to get things through. However, I think, again, over the last four to five weeks, that change has been enforced on on those people. So actually, whereas they might not have been using systems before, they're certainly using systems now. And their system requirements might be different from ours. You know, we're looking at the end-to-end solution, whereas some brokers are looking at just client um, client contact to maintain that contact during the, the tough periods. Um, so I think there's a lot of different, different ways that they can do things, but, but also there's a lot of noise in the marketplace, and I think it's a case of the generations, whoever they are and whatever their um, requirements are on the technology side, is to make sure that they're dealing with someone who can actually satisfy all their requirements, and not just be driven by the amount of information that might be in the press, and lots of people are doing lots of different systems, can they bring them all to one place? Um, will it do everything that it says on the tin, and so on and so on? So I think it's a case of you really need to do your homework, do a trial, really get into bed with the provider that you're looking at getting in, you know, in getting involved with, and see what their roadmap entails. And actually, does it fit your business moving forward? Because some people um, will have one roadmap that they want done, and others will have um, other interests that need to be satisfied by the the end provider. So, in you know, do do your investigations. Be happy with what you're signing up for.
0: Great, and uh, Rowan, what's your take on this?
3: Uh, so listen, I think for me, it simply comes down to, um, I guess, research and design. So, where you're, when we're building online systems, we we kind of always got to consider all of the end users that we're looking to serve. So, I guess research, going through, um, I guess, interview processes with, I guess, a wide demographic of users, t- tends to be that you end up with a good end product. Um, I guess research. Test periods, all all those things, um trial periods that that Dales alluded to also help as well. Well, I, I just think overall good systems that are kind of focused on the end user tend to mitigate the challenge. they They tend to be directed in such a way that it, it's it's kind of it's agnostic of the generation. if if they're intuitive and they're easy to follow, regardless
4: of which generation you are it should be usable
0: Uh, Phil, do you have any insight on this at all?
4: I'd say that there's very few things level the playing field like a crisis Um, and I'd say if you're regarding your generation if you're young or old you've embraced tech pretty quickly over the last few weeks you've kind of not had a choice and it's amazing how fast brokers and um, lenders and BDMs and everyone has suddenly started joining teams some people have never used teams to talk before they've never used hangouts or skype and all of a sudden overnight they became experts in how to talk on a webcam and it just shows you if you need to find a way to talk to your customers there is a way I I think the best probably the biggest improvement I've seen from a lot of advisors I've spoken to is that they use whatsapp to engage with their customers. That, that's a, a tool that people use to discuss when they're going for a beer or their kids are using it to talk to friends. I'm finding a lot of brokers now are talking through WhatsApp to their customers to engage with them on their terms. And I think that's a really great thing to do. They're, they're using a medium that a customer wants to use to contact them and they've embraced it almost overnight. So I feel that it's really nice that all the generations are sort of coming together now and going, look, there's enough information in the market. Technology is pretty simple to, to use and actually, all the, the rest, all the kind of the problems we had over the years of connectivity and systems not working on certain devices, most of that has now gone away, and you can connect to a device from your phone or your laptop without many issues.
0: And Nicola, what would you say about the potential issue of different challenges for different generations?
1: Yeah, I echo what everyone said. Really, I think I think that is the case, and I think that Phil makes a good point that that actually things are made really easy these days you know the whole plug in and play thing everything's very intuitive so uh whilst we've all had conversations i'm sure with our parents tell them we can only see the tops of their heads and that kind of thing you know but ultimately it's the fact that we are connected that's and that's great you know and and i think this is you know whether it be um you know outside of the mortgage industry so things like online shopping and that kind of thing everybody has had this uh, it's a baptism of fire really isn't it for everybody in terms of tech and and i think everyone's risen to that challenge really i, I don't really see the uh you know the generational gap um has been closed i would say in, in that respect
0: that's great and nicola while I have you um i just want to ask do you think that the risk of cyber crime has increased at the moment uh and if so, what should Firms and individuals think about doing to protect themselves.
1: Yeah, I think unfortunately it has, and I, and I actually think we're going to see that continue to rise um, as as this goes on. Um, you know, the, there are the uh, the scammers that will, you know, try immediately to to capitalise on something like this. And unfortunately, in you know, a breeding ground for a virus, it's also a great breeding ground for these kind of scams. Um, you know we've already seen the FCA have put out um, some really good advice so I would say to brokers um, to look at that and actually pass that on to your clients as well because um, they'll be aware of things that, that perhaps are happening that, that you won't whether that is something around um, directly linked to financial services around the payment holidays and being asked to send details of things like that or whether it is even things like good cause scams so people feel that they are genuinely give into a good cause and, and they're not they're just um you know they're giving to scammers i think you know follow the advice that's online if anything that looks suspicious then you know just uh, you know avoid it at all costs and, and i think if the, the best thing that brokers can do uh, to protect themselves and, to the, um, and their, their customers as well, It is really read up on the advice. The SCA has got some excellent advice on their website around this at the minute. Um, so, so it would really uh, pay to just check that out and even send that out to customers just to give them a bit of a heads up of the kind of thing they can expect because this is not going to go away. It's it's going to get, um, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen over the coming months, but uh, one thing I'm pretty sure of is is that the online uh, fraud and scams will, uh, will, will increase with this really.
0: Dale, do you, do you agree with what Nicholas said? I can our uh, listeners can't see, but I can see you nodding.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
2: we're we're in that day and age at the moment where everyone is in lockdown, and of course, it's an ideal scenario for scammers sitting at home to you know take advantage of that and take advantage of people's. Um, lack of knowledge when it comes to you know the emails and things that are coming through there are some really good ones coming through that look like your normal day-to-day emails of course they're they're completely out of scam so everyone just needs to be and we said this to all of our team don't click on anything if you're unsure the minute you've got a bit of unsurety in your in your mind you know speak to the it team let them check it out and then and then we'll deal with it from there but um again goes back to check with the providers that you're dealing with are they um secure do they have the relevant um you know padlocks on their on their urls on the websites and things and um our system is all microsoft um certified through azure and whatever else so it's you know they, you make sure the provider you're dealing with um has a good backup and has a good understanding and a good security protocol
0: road is that something that you would agree with
3: yeah yeah listen i'd, I'd agree with everything that's been said so far i, I think uh, joke, joking apart i I did kind of say earlier on on the podcast that Fintech was probably out there leading um, in terms of reaction to, to COVID, but clearly there's probably the scammers and the, the fraudsters are probably slightly ahead of us, right? But um, I think, yeah, you know, basics uh, are kind of the, the, the simple practices that we always recommend should, should always apply here, right? So um, people shouldn't use default passwords or the same password. They should look at kind of utilizing password managers because they can be really helpful. Uh, again, from a broker perspective um, try and avoid email We've, we kind of all discussed that it's fundamentally insecure there's portals that pretty much every single uh, one of us on this podcast offers in one way or another um, which deals with secure communication and those should be the the, the basics that we all follow um, I, I think customers you know this that is, this isn't going to change uh, regardless of covid whatever the next crisis whatever the next uh, thing that changes in the world you know, the, the the fraudsters and the, the email uh, hackers and everybody else will, will always adapt, right? Yeah, if we could get them working uh, in fintech, Jesus, how, how quickly would we be able to be able to move in comparison to how quickly they move? But it's, it's a real tricky one. But I think, I guess, summary, follow the basics, don't use defaults and try and avoid email at all costs if you can.
0: Thanks. Thanks for that. And uh, Phil,
4: what would you add to that? if it seems too good to be true it usually is um it's usually a good way of mitigating risk at the moment and i think as everyone has already said this and nicola really nailed it there if this is a breeding this current virus and pandemic at the moment is also a breeding ground for scammers uh, people will take advantage of the fear in the market and the current climate and we always say this double check stuff and if it does look too good to be true it probably is Phil, so I'm going to ask you another question. Um, what have you found
0: most surprising about what is presumably a sudden uptake of your technology and services over the last few weeks?
4: Uh, that's a it's a, a great question, there. So we've we've had a really good uptake from intermediaries and lenders, and the market as a whole from our current proposition. So we're well braced for the climate. We're a cloud-based business. All our software sits in our cloud. We own it ourselves, and. We've been innovating the market for the last five or six years. What we've found over the last few weeks is the sheer demand of understanding the market and the conditions in as real time as possible. So two big services for us. One is data for our insights platform. We've been licensing this to lenders uh, and to intermediaries for quite a long time. We've had a huge uptick over the last four to five weeks in communication, demand and real kind of Service providers looking back and saying, give me the details of this of the particular market, understand what's going on. And we've had we've been inundated by queries and emails and people just wanting to understand, well, what is the data showing? Is it building any trends? And the last few weeks have been products dropping off a cliff, have been search volumes decreasing but actually our engagement has come through the last couple of last week or two where we're starting to see an uptick and as, as Dale said we're starting to see product return to market now we're starting to see search volumes start to go up again we're starting to see a shift away from remortgage also in terms of searches back into the purchase market which is fantastic it means in, intermediaries are having conversations with their customers around the purchase market getting ready to open back up at some point in the future they're starting that incubation period with the customer um our other product are our B2C services, um, like like DPR and burrow what they prov- provide to market. We provide a lot of services and APIs and plugins for websites for intermediaries to service customers, to enhance a digital proposition. And we've always had a, a, a good kind of take on the market of what customers need. Without going robo-advice, this is enabling intermediaries to become digital to help them service their customers. And actually we're found in this current climate it's actually superb. The number of intermediaries have turned around and gone, my current website isn't up to scratch. I've run out of ways to engage with my current client bank. I really need a better solution. And some of our solutions are quick to market, some are, take a little bit longer to develop from a customer's perspective, but we've had a huge intake of leads and opportunities coming through. And actually we're working really closely with a lot of firms now who are trying to bring their their well-established brokerage brand And all the customers they've got to a digital kind of digital market. So they're trying to get enhancements for their websites. They're trying to find it quicker to search for products, more efficient ways to contact lenders. And actually, this has happened in the last few weeks and it's been fantastic. It's a really positive change. It's taken a crisis for people to realise they need this change. But it's fantastic. And I hope it continues over the next few months. That's great. And Adele, have you seen a
2: similar
0: activity with your business?
2: Absolutely. And I think right now, um, like I said earlier on, people are being forced to to change the way they work generally, um, how they're going to talk to customers from their home, how they're going to talk to or deal with transactions um, without seeing customers direct, how a solicitor is going to certify ID, how a broker is going to certify ID and so on and so on. And right now. We're not seeing so much on the the purchase side, but the remortgage side is definitely going through the roof at the moment. Um lenders in the specialist side are coming back, albeit lower loan to values. You know, we're on the verge of a a recession. Um we don't know what what that's going to entail over the sort of the the next three, six to nine months, but little green shoots with lenders returning, going to AVMs. Um, you know, some of them now doing 75% ABMs in the specialist side, they're doing 85 and 90% in the high street um, on AVMs. So, you know, these things are all positive. Um, And again, it goes back to how does the broker deal with their clients in the current climates? How are they looking at their current business model? Is their business model going to be very much more tech orientated now than it was five weeks ago? Where's it going to be in the next three, six, 12 months and so on and so on? How are they going to deal with customers moving forward? Um, Everyone lives on their phones. Have they got an app? Um, I'm not necessarily thinking that the whole end to end journey is the be all and end all, but like it might have been two years ago. Right now, it's keeping that customer dealing with the broker and not going anywhere else, and I think that's their main port of call right now.
0: Nicola, is this something you've seen too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've um, you know we launched our live feed. and We had um, over fifteen hundred brokers sign up within just over a week. Uh, so, so it's a massive uptake, and these are people that perhaps hadn't engaged with uh, with Knowledge Bank before, for example. But I think, I think that's it. I think it's realising that the information is there. It's at their fingertips and, and you know, it, it's been utilised. We've not changed what we've done. It's just that people have, have switched on to technology because they've not, they've not had necessarily other choices. So, for example, you know, one of the big things um, with us dealing specifically with criteria is that lenders have had obviously depleted workforces as people have felt forced to self-isolate. So they have less staff. Uh, they've furloughed staff. They've got staff worth working in other departments to deal with, um, you know, the demand of the payment holidays. So, of course, BDMs, um, you know, they're, they're the ones that are still working, and of course, trying their best, but uh, they can't get through that number of calls. Whereas, you know, our system is on 24-7 and all the answers are there and it's up to date. So if you think... Three, we're seeing about 300 criteria changes every single day at the minute, and that's huge. And uh, you know, I guess that is um, it's artificial in some senses, because, of course, as, as Dale uh, referred to there, we've seen lenders uh, retract and then come back into the market then and, and lower LTVs, put them up. But of course, they're, they're, they're creating uh, new criteria. How do they deal with furloughed workers? You know just six weeks ago we didn't know what a furloughed worker was that was new to our vocabulary um so there are all these things that i think um you know where technology is really really helping and we've had some great feedback from lenders that because it's taken the pressure off their inbound uh teams when, when brokers have been able to find the information that they're looking for online and with the connectivity of the you know that's talking about our system but you know we connect with lots of other systems and they're all joined up so so it's so easy for brokers to navigate around um you know the tech at the minute it really is
0: great cool thanks and uh Ryan, i'd be interested in hearing your opinion on this too
3: yes uh, so, listen everything everybody said already is 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 pretty much kind of on point i think it's not really surprising um more uh, but it's just i guess you know, colleagues at eKeeper Borough, everybody that's on the panel here—it's the passion, I think, that has that, been, I guess, really. I guess I personally was surprised, but equally it was definitely there. It's, it's that passion to serve the customers. You know, I, I think you know with these products, there's always that um, kind of view of a, an initial way that we will look to serve the customer with a product. I think what we've seen is developers, product people rising up to a challenge where they can adapt to. To, to kind of serve that changing market, that, that for me it, it has been the most fundamental part of all. That I guess when I say it's, it's surprising in, in a way is it, I guess if we look back six months ago, there wasn't that collaboration, yeah, you know, there wasn't that interaction, there wasn't that sharing of, of of information as freely as we are now. And I think that's been a massive positive for me. That that passion to to, to serve customers, regardless of whether it's within your own product or sharing. Free elements of those products with, with with the end users. Great,
0: thanks. And uh, Ryan, I'm going to ask you another question, which is: um, Is there any area of the the mortgage journey, the the transaction process, uh, that you think is going to be forever changed by this sudden move into a virtual workflow?
3: Definitely. I, I think yeah, there'll be a shift in uh, technology um, that kind of allows brokers and customers, uh, I guess, to be flexible with their interaction. Um, solutions like. And other digital experience that, that customers can kind of use when it suits them, I think will play a vital role going forward. Um, I think it also then will kind of allow brokers and lenders to engage with them at the right time and I guess in the right way. Um, I think, you know, as a whole, lenders and brokers will consider the way their applications are hosted. We've kind of alluded to it on this podcast already. Those that are kind of already cloud based hosting yeah as the as the norm will we'll continue to thrive those that are a little bit behind the curve are going to have to catch up really quickly um i think lastly yeah a focus on services is going to continue to thrive you yeah. historically customers and users would would differentiate on price i think where companies kind of continue to to focus on the service that they provide ease of access automation integration and above all kind of really having the customers as your your sole end focus um i think people will remember and they'll they'll kind of want to continue to interact with those businesses i think where service is at the heart of whatever product you push out i think people will embrace it and i think what we'll probably see is an uplift in um, i guess retention of customers as a result of that service focus
0: um is this something phil that that you agree with
4: yeah, I I I sort of agree with what Rowan just said. I think a process change for us and I think the change of this industry, the lessons learned off the back of this will be well I hope will be big. I hope we will all come out the other end of this learning a lot of lessons, realising that actually we're only as strong as the weakest link and we're all in this together. Um it's drawn out some very obvious and very clear uh bottlenecks in the industry regards to the way we value properties and the conveyancing side, but as it was said at the very beginning that's cool the technology is there it does exist this is not us using a crystal ball to come up with new solutions not. the tech is actually there we just need to get our heads together as an industry and kind of implement the technology across the board a little bit better um one thing i do think will change will be the the concept of social distancing we see this as a bad thing where we, we expect a teenager or a pair someone to be on their phone all the time not talking to people I think right now, social distancing is not just having an amazing effect on people, it's actually bringing people closer together like we are right now talking over a webcam. I think there'll be a newfound love of webcams and Skype meetings and you won't have to drive 300 uh, miles to see someone. You'll do things digitally while still having the rapport, the conversation and the people element. So hopefully that's a big process and a big win that will change for our industry because it really needs to happen. Nicola, have you experienced
0: a uh, growing love for webcams?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know about a growing love. <laughs> certainly, yeah, it's certainly been a good experience. So I have to say, I, you know, I, I would echo what Phil said. The whole thing about driving, uh, you know, for hours to a meeting and, and uh, you know, the, the cost, the time, all of that. I think I think people really are seeing the efficiencies of that. And, and I hope that is one thing that does actually stay with us, because I think that, you know, that's a massive, massive impact on productivity that that everybody's found. Um, So I think that's a good thing. Of course, there are always times that that face-to-face is better, but there are a lot of times that you know, as we're doing this now, you know, in an ordinary time, we would have all got together and, and you know, you're achieving exactly the same thing. So I think, I definitely think that, um, you know, we, we will see things get better as well, because, you know, if you think think back to the 80s where, where we've got cine film, for example, and we thought that was good at the time. Um And now if you look, you know, we're, we're taking photos of, of families and kids, you know, like we would have done then, but on our phones, you know, so if you think, there's a long way for these uh, these calls, whether it's Teams, Zoom, or FaceTime, uh, whatever it is, um, they will improve massively as well to to facilitate that. I think just going back to the mortgage process, one of the other areas that I think is um, absolutely uh, key and fundamental that we've probably seen the biggest change in the way that they use tech right now, and that's on the valuations. Um, So the lack of physical valuations has been a massive challenge for, for lenders, and they have had to use tech. They've had to fall back on the tech. They've had no choice at all um, to, to be able to keep uh, mortgages on um, offering, and that's going to be really interesting because again, you know, the, they're going to look at those valuations. Of course, there's some research to be done and looking at the data and saying, okay, were they correct? How's that impacted the back look and all of that? But then also looking again at the efficiencies of of, of surveyors traveling, uh, you know, that the, the um, how convenient is that for for accessing to different places? And I, th- I think there will be some genuine efficiencies that come out of this on on the on the valuation side. I'm not saying it, w- it will um you know the automated valuations will take over everything. I'm I'm not I don't think we're there yet. But when we're seeing now even smaller building societies are, are on standard residential cases at uh, accepting desktop valuations up to ninety percent, I think I think you can see there's definitely some room for uh you know, for that to go a lot further. So, I think that'll be really interesting when we come out the other side of this to see how uh, valuations uh, change and, and what happens there.
0: Uh, Dale, what's what's your take on how things might look on the other side of this when it comes?
2: I've got, I've got a couple of points to raise, I think, on this. First of all, some of the stuff we're doing today, we were doing 12 years ago. So, the likes of uh, mortgage sourcing, the likes of credit searching, even the likes of ADMs, you know, 12 years ago, some of the guys were doing the one-minute mortgage and and so on and so on, and all this was taken into account. So we are reinventing the wheel, and obviously it's in a lot better shape and it's a lot more secure than it was back then. But actually, the innovation into the marketplace is people like Nicola with with the criteria searching, which wasn't there sort of 12 years ago. You've got open banking now that wasn't there 12 years ago. I'm, I'm excited to see what the next big innovation is going to be to actually make the process easier, simpler, both for the client and also for the broker. But you know it's got to be something that bring, brings the transaction and makes it a lot quicker for, for the end user. And, and like I said earlier on, the solicitor side for me has always been the side that's really slowed down the transaction. So now the fact that they're doing electronic IDs and biometric and, and whatever else to get that client certified and through to the end result is great. We've still got to sort out the land rent. And I know there's some stuff going on with the land registry at the moment, but um, we can get the offer out as quickly as possible. That's not an issue. It's actually getting that mortgage to completion, which actually earns the broker money. And that's, you know, that that's when their property is paid once that case completes. So right now I think technology has most definitely, you know, impacting our whole lives, but we need it to be right through to completion until it's actually paying out on, you know, for the broker's um, pocket.
0: Great. Thanks. Um, on to the final question now. And, um, do you have any little known tips for brokers on getting the most out of technology that you want to share?
1: So, so it's not it's not so much a little known tip, but I think there's a golden opportunity right now. So, so brokers are not as busy as they have been in, in the sense of they're not driving around the country. They're not seeing, they're not seeing uh, clients face to face. So there are, you know, I'm, I'm sure they have got a little bit more time uh, to maybe investigate technology. And, and the biggest thing I would say to any broker is take a free trial. Absolutely. Take a free trial of, of you know, of, of all of the systems that are out there and use this time to really investigate the tech. You know, you can there, there are webinars that that actually, again, this is not reinventing the wheel because this is what um, certainly all of the companies that uh, that we represent today have always done this, um, you know, do free webinars and, and talk people through on the phone. So so use that time to, to take those trials and see what those systems offer to you, see how they work for you. And and it's such a good opportunity to do that now while while there is that little bit of downtime. Um, and then, of course, as soon as it comes back, you are in a much better position with regards to the tech that you're using than when you were uh, going into this.
3: Yeah, I completely agree, Nicola. I think one of the things that I, I guess my perspective, I'd recommend is I guess people look at things such as like financial service tech task force. Uh, so, I guess it's um, I think the web address is fs tech.co.uk. Uh, and I guess that's kind of got a load of support guidance available on tools. Um, I think eKeeper contribute 27 tech offer free training on tools. And I guess it, there's there'll be some bits there that I, we've all talked about the challenges of embracing things like Teams and all these other new technologies. But I think there's stuff there on there that all of the providers are kind of offering free-of-charge training. So go and have a look at simple tools like that, I guess, would be
2: my, my, my single bit of advice. I've got um, a couple of bits. Um, similar sort of thing. Collaboration is massive in the current climate. And so while people have got um, time on their hands, absolutely. Have a look at systems out there um, to, to follow Rowan's plug there. you know, Go and search One Mortgage System on Google. Um, at the moment, we've integrated with Knowledge Bank and we're offering free license there for all new users. Over the last couple of weeks, we've seen our biggest uptake for um, new users for a number of years. But the other big thing I really want to w- mention right now is the local councils are there to help you out. And if you're looking at um, you know, your business finances and things, have a chat with your local council, go onto their websites because they are doing grants for everything right now. So now is a really, really good time to apply all over the place for whatever you can, whether it be technology grants or um, rate reductions or whatever else, speak to your local council because they have got money and they are looking to help out people. So that's my probably my best tip I would think right now.
4: That's, that's a really good point there, use your local resources. Um, Something that I always say, and we always say at 27 Tech, is embrace tech. I know it's used a lot, but now, and I think as Nicola said, this is the time to look at technology. You're you're going to be very busy at some point in the not-so-distant future. The last thing you want when you're really busy and your clients are flocking back and the lending's gone up, we're back up in the market to our products, is to be looking at your technology stack. You don't want that then. look at it now take a free trial everyone is offering you a free trial as a new customer shop around have a look doesn't mean you have to switch right now but have a look at what's in the market because you've got time to do it the last thing you want to do is starting to embrace tech on the rebound when everything's really busy make the most of your time at home now and uh, have a look around at the technologies great thanks so much and thanks again
0: for spending the time to do this with me this afternoon and for everyone listening thanks for listening and look out for more COVID-19 support strategy podcasts soon